Martini, the Pistol Packin' Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome back to Throw Out the Trash. I'm so glad you're here. This episode is sponsored by the company Call 3. It's what allows me to keep my podcast free for you. It's a proactive wellness company guided by three pillars of science. One, exploration. We search the world for new and high-quality ingredients. Two, curation. Our products are carefully crafted to provide benefits specific to your body's needs. And three, absorption. Our innovative technologies deliver nutrients at the cellular level for maximum wellness. One of my favorite products is called the Talate. It's a whole food super blend with vitamins and minerals, 72 trace minerals and amino acids, and an enzyme blend, omega-3s, probiotics, and a berry blend so you get your greens and fruits. For more information, check out my website at genieolson.iii.earth. Thank you for supporting me. Okay, today's episode, what about salt? I've always tried to use caution when salting my food, and I can hear that still small voice telling me if I consume too much, it will lead to hypertension or high blood pressure or other health issues. I've also been hearing that a lot of salt can actually be healthy for you. Well, which is it? Today I want to talk about the mystery of salt and set the record straight once and for all. We have two sides. One that has ingrained in our brains that too much salt is bad and others say a lot of salt is good. Before I start, I want to emphasize that if you have kidney disease or high blood pressure, consult with your medical practitioner before changing your salt intake. So let's talk first about what exactly salt is. I'm talking about table salt. Its chemical breakdown is NaCl, which is a one-to-one ratio of sodium chloride. According to the National Library of Medicine, when depleted in the body, sodium must be replaced in the body to maintain cell function, nerve conduction, muscle contraction, and normal kidney function. In its natural form, it's known as rock salt. It is present in vast quantities in the ocean, and it is essential for animal life. Animals contain larger amounts of salt than plants do. It's one of the oldest methods of food preservation. Salt is produced from salt mines or by the evaporation of seawater or mineral-rich spring water in shallow pools. You should look up salt mines sometime and see how they work. It's pretty interesting. Let's talk about the bad-for-you side. According to the Cleveland Clinic, in an article they wrote titled, Is Salt Bad for Your Health?, they stated that salt isn't unhealthy unless you eat too much of it. They say you need a minimum of 1,500 milligrams per day. So that's about a third teaspoon, which is like the size of a peanut M&M. They say if you go below this, it can lead to low blood pressure. Wait, what? Low? They say it can cause dizziness, headache, lack of energy, muscle fatigue, Charlie horses come to mind, and nausea. I naturally have low blood pressure. Maybe I should eat more salt. Well, let's find out. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration recommends that adults eat less than 2,300 milligrams of sodium a day, so that's about one teaspoon. They say if you consistently exceed the recommended amount, you're eating too much and it can impact your health. The FDA says a sodium-heavy diet makes you retain fluid. I'll explain why that happens in a minute, but they say too much salt can affect your kidney function. 
lead to high blood pressure, there it is again, and possibly a stroke. Why so many people retain fluids or have that bloating feeling? Well, it's because they say sodium attracts water, and the sodium holds the water in the body, so your hands and feet swell or your eyes look puffier. It can also lead to an increase in thirst. They say it can cause a rise in blood pressure. They say sodium is primarily located in our blood and it pulls water to it. So if you eat too much, more water enters your bloodstream. The greater volume of blood pushes against blood vessel walls causing high blood pressure. And last but not least, the FDA says too much salt can lead to poor sleep, especially if you eat in the evening. They say a spike in blood pressure along with the urge to drink and go to the bathroom makes sleeping difficult. These guidelines came about by a study done in 1955 with lab rats. That was before I was born. And then in 1977, the government issued a blanket recommendation limiting salt intake to under 3,000 milligrams. Okay, that's the bad for you side. How about the good for you side? Dr. James Dinicol Antonio is a cardiovascular research scientist at St. Luke's Mid-America Heart Institute. He says that high blood pressure is not a salt intake problem. It is a salt retention problem that happens in the kidneys, which is driven by excess insulin. So lowering insulin by decreasing sugar and refined carb intake will improve your blood pressure, which in turn will improve salt retention. What happens is, and this is the opposite of what the FDA says, is that high glucose levels draw water into the blood vessels, which increases the blood level volume, which in turn causes dehydration. He says less than 3,000 milligrams a day, which is about one and a half teaspoons of salt, also causes stress hormones to increase because it is trying to retain the salt your body needs. Low salt also increases the artery stiffening hormones, heart rate hormones, and increases insulin resistance. Dr. James says that salt is an essential mineral that you need. Trust your salt taste receptors and salt thermostat. This is what he says. And he said your body will excrete what you don't need. Other reasons that salt is good for you, it aids blood sugar control by improving insulin sensitivity, helps maintain proper stomach pH, lowers adrenaline spikes when you're stressed, improves quality of sleep, encourages a healthy weight and faster metabolism, and supports thyroid function. So here's my takeaway. And first remember this is my research and my opinion. I always encourage you to do your own research. Just be careful when picking your sources. I'm increasingly becoming less trusting in the government agencies and more trusting in doctors who actually do the research. I thought this was very interesting when I looked at the two different sides for high blood pressure. So let's recap. The bad for you side says sodium in blood pulls water into the blood vessels increasing volume of blood. They say between 1500 and 2300 milligrams daily. The good for you side says high glucose levels pulls water into the blood vessels, increasing the volume of blood. And they say not less than 3,000 milligrams of sodium daily. My opinion is this. The good far outweighs the bad. 
Research for the good is also more current. My body is extra sensitive, and I know that when I'm tired, if I drink some electrolytes, I feel better. I also know that if I eat too much salt, I will retain fluids. So there is a balance, and you need to find your balance. Don't worry about the salt shaker itself. Listen to your body. Watch what activities you are doing also. So if you're working hard out in the heat, you'll require more salt. Sweat consists of water and salt and other important nutrients like potassium, calcium, and magnesium. It needs to be replaced. I personally drink about six to eight ounces of electrolyte drink mix a day. Uh, it contains mostly sodium, has some potassium in it, and magnesium. I drink it in the morning as an energy drink. I also drink it before I work out or go for a run. My husband drinks it at night before he goes to sleep. He sleeps better and doesn't get Charlie horses. He drinks about six ounces as well. And one last note, remember to drink about two to three liters of water a day or half your body weight in ounces. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you need 75 ounces of water. Remember, there needs to be a balance. Okay, how about that mountain adventures? My husband and I live in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho, completely off-grid. We generate our own power, our water is gravity-fed from a natural underground spring, and our nearest neighbor is one mile away. It's beautiful and it can be terrifying. And here is one story. The names have not been changed to protect the innocent. And also, this is my version of the story, as best as I can remember it. I was out of town that late spring day when I got the call. My husband Nick called late that evening and informed me that he had wrecked our tractor. First I asked if he was okay and he said yes and then apologized because we had just spent $10,000 fixing the four-wheel drive on the tractor. Without four-wheel drive in the mountains you can't go very good in the snow. And I was thankful he hadn't been hurt but didn't quite believe him at first. Like how in the world could he, could he have wrecked it? I asked him several times if he indeed had wrecked it. I thought he was pulling my leg but it was true. He had just finished giving our herd of cows some hay, and while they were eating, he took the tractor and loader and hauled two large straw bales over to the tree line and spread it out on the ground so the cows could have bedding to lay on. It also gives the baby calves a place to lie down that is dry and warm. Just as he got to the tree line, he received a phone call. So he shut the tractor off and sat in the cab of the tractor and talked for about 15 minutes. The tractor's emergency brake didn't work very well, so he usually puts the loader down on the ground to keep it from rolling away. The ground was somewhat level where he was parked, and the tractor hadn't moved the entire time he was on the phone. After he finished the call, he jumped out to get the straw spread out before the cow started coming over. He figured since the tractor hadn't moved for the last 15 minutes, he should be okay, and he left the loader up. He had just cut the twine on the first bell when he heard a noise. He turned around just in time to see the tractor rolling towards the trees. He could have possibly ran and stopped it, but it would have been too dangerous. He was hoping the aspen and pine trees would stop it and maybe have minimal damage. But the tractor went between the trees and ran right over a cliff. It went airborne over some huge rocks and then crashed down into the trees and rolled about 180 feet before it stopped at the bottom of the canyon. 
The tractor had broken half. There was the cab and back dual tires in one piece, and the front end with the front tires in another piece, and all that held the front piece from rolling any further was the hydraulic hoses. It had split between the engine and the transmission. What was amazing was that not one window was broken in the cab. Go figure. Luckily, he had another loader to feed with, but we were out a tractor to farm with. The broken tractor stayed in the canyon all summer, and I stressed about it all summer because I knew we had to somehow get it out of the canyon. I personally wanted to hire Heavy Rescue to come do it, but Nick and his brother Dean had other plans. That is why I was stressed. Those two have done some crazy things together. It didn't help that we watched the TV program called Highway Through Hell, so I knew things could go wrong in a hurry. And I knew that the weather had to be good and the ground needed to be dry so they could get the tractor out. Well, the day finally came to put Nick and Dean's plan into action. It was a beautiful, calm fall morning in October. The weather was perfect and help was on the way to our house. And Nick reminded me that I would be helping as well. And I was not excited to help at all. I just knew that something would go wrong. So I told him I couldn't help him. And so he asked me why. And I told him, Well, I had fired myself. (laughs) He told me I couldn't fire myself, and I told him I could because I was a co-owner. So he thought for a minute, and then he said, Well, I couldn't do that because I hadn't had a proper board meeting. Well, I told him he must have missed the memo because I sent out a notification. (laughs) He looked at me a minute like he always does, started laughing, and said, Well, I'll see you out there. Dang it. Hey, you can't blame me for trying, right? Well, our help finally arrived at the scene of the accident. We had awesome help that day. Our son Ryan, grandson Riker, nephew Hunter, nephew Guy who came up later, brother-in-law Dean, Nick, and myself. The plan was to pull the back end of the tractor out of the canyon first by hooking two cables on the broken part and then hook one cable up above the cliff on the new tractor and another cable on the loader which was beside the new tractor. I say new tractor because we were blessed, and I mean really blessed, to get another tractor that summer. We took three shorter, half-inch thick cables and hooked them together with clevises to make one long cable that was 210 feet in length. So we had two 210-foot cables. Ryan, Riker, and Hunter put those together while Nick and Dean prepared the wrecked tractor so we could hook the cable onto it. Before the whole process started, Nick had driven our four-wheeler down into the canyon, carrying a chainsaw so he could cut some of the trees out of the way. I was helping him navigate his way down, and we had to get past the boulders and then he could go pretty good, but it was so steep that the back tires of the four-wheeler came off of the ground, and I had to put my weight on it so he wouldn't roll over frontwards. Ryan had driven his four-wheeler down as well. Once everything was ready to go, Dean stayed in the canyon with the broken tractor, Nick was on the loader, Ryan was in the new tractor, and the rest of us were next to the cliff so we could see Dean and then also see Nick and Ryan. We were given strict orders to stay clear of the cables in case the cables broke. That was my fear, that the cables would break and the tractor would go crashing back down and hurt Dean. Dean stood next to the wrecked tractor and would motion with his hands to me when he wanted the new tractor and loader to start pulling. I then relayed the message to Ryan and Nick with hand signals. 
The trick was in giving the hand signals because sometimes Ryan would be pulling back and Nick would be stopped and vice versa. Riker and Hunter were good to help with the hand signals as well. And it seemed like we would only go a foot at a time. It seemed like it took forever. But, you know, better to go slow and be cautious. It took over an hour to pull the first part up and get it over the cliff and safely away from everyone. After a much needed break, we set up the second part of the wrecked tractor with the cables. Ryan had decided to drive his four-wheeler back out of the canyon. He was going pretty good until he got to the steepest part, and then the front end of the four-wheeler came straight up off the ground. Ryan fell off and rolled. <laughs> but I will say that he had a nice recovery because he was able to get back up and stop the four-wheeler from rolling backwards and crashing down into the canyon onto Dean, Nick, and I. But when he stopped it from rolling, it was standing straight up on the back wheels only. So he held it there until Nick and Dean could get there to help him lower it back onto the ground. They were finally able to get out of the canyon safely. And later when Nick drove our four-wheeler back out of the canyon, Guy sat on the front of it so it wouldn't do the same thing. I was a nervous wreck watching all of this. Now it was time to pull the second half of the tractor out. It was the trickier one because one wheel was bent sideways and couldn't roll. The same plan was implemented with the loader, new tractor pulling, and hand signals between Dean and I. It was slow going, like before, but we were making progress. We were being careful to stay clear of the cables and heed Nick's advice, and it was a good thing because all of a sudden one of the cables came unhooked in the middle, and one end went zipping past me, and the other went zipping back down the canyon. That was a close call. The cable was finally fixed, and the pulling commenced. Everything was going fine until the wrecked tractor got to the rocks and it hung up and they couldn't pull it. That was nerve-wracking. But finally they found a way around the rocks and finished pulling the second half up safely and out of the way. We had did it. No one was hurt and Nick and I will always be thankful for the tremendous help we had that day implementing the craziest plan I have ever seen and it worked. Okay, make sure to check out my website, throwoutthetrash.podbean.com, and you can email me at lifetop7 at gmail.com. And hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode, and leave me a comment below. I'd love to hear from you. Remember this, when you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Go get your dreams. See you next time.